This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Progress. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem. We're continuing in Daf HaShavua. Masachas Ksubay. Daf Samach Tes Omad Beis. 69B. We're almost finished. Parak Metzias Hoisha. We're up to the two dots. We just mentioned that Rav Huna was not happy that Rav Anan called him Huna. And he said, you know, you might have uh, covered now, but uh, an Avel also sits at the head of the table. So now the Gemara is digressing to discuss, well, how do you know an Avel sits at the head of the table? Says the Gemara, I'm a Rabbi minayin la'avel Rabbi Avoh said, how do we know an Avel sits at the head of a table? Shenemar, like the Pasuk says, in Eoiv, Evchar Darkam, I will choose their way. The Eishev Roish, I will sit at the head. The Eshkon, I will dwell. Kemelech Begedud, like a king in with his troops. Kaasher Avelim Yenachem, like Avelim console. So the Gemara asks, well, this is talking about Avelim consoling others. So that doesn't seem to be appropriate. If you're saying that when an Avel is consoled, he sits at the head of a table, but here it's talking about the Avel offering consolation. Says Gemara, Yenucham, Amar Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak, Yenucham Ksev. Rashi says an unbelievable thing. That whenever a letter is vocalized with a patach, there's always an aleph or a hay near it. And since there is no aleph, therefore, even though it says yenachem, it's red yenucham. And it's going on the one being consoled. The fact that there's no letter indicating that it's a patach means that there's a, a correct way of reading it, yenucham, being consoled. Rashi says, "Ein lecha loymar patach b'shum ois elam kein alfa he smuchenlay." You don't vocalize something with a patach unless there's an alfa or a he near it, and the patach is in place of the letter, like as if it said yenucham. Therefore, it's vocalized. Not Yenachem, but Yenucham. Even though, <laughs> even though it, we do say Yenachem, but the drasha is as if it says Yenucham, because there's no Aleph or He there. Fine. Marzutra, Amar Mehach. Marzutra says the source is from the following pasuk, a pasuk in Amais, Visar Marzu Marzeach. Literally, it will be removed, Marzeach, which we darshan, Sruchim Mar. The the Pasuk says like this, Vesar Marzeach Sruchim. It will be removed, Marzeach, that is uh, putrid. But we read it to mean, Mar Vizach, the master... 
excuse me, Mar, the one who is bitter, Vizach and removed, referring to an Avel, Nasasar, becomes a, a minister, Lesruchim. So this is for great people. In other words, this indicates that the Avel sits at the head. So Mar, someone who is embittered, Vizach, and removed, meaning from regular functioning, he becomes a prince for a great people. Okay, so this is all digression to discuss how do we know that an Avel sits at the head of a table. But now the Gemara says, Amarava, Halacha do you collect a dowry from Metaltalin or from Karka? What about Mezoinois? Amarava, Metaltali. The halachas you collect from land and not from movables. Bain le whether to support a daughter. Bain le whether to collect a ksuba. Bain le parnasa, or whether for a dowry. All of these things you collect from karka and not metatlan. Final Mishnah in the Parak. Hamashlish ma'is lebitai. One who gives money on behalf of his daughter to a third party. He gives money to a shlish. For his daughter to buy a field or to give her a dowry when she gets married. Vihi Oimeres, I'm sorry? Vihi Oimeres, and she says, Naaman Bali Alai, why should this guy buy a field for me? I trust my husband. Rashi says that it's going on after Nasuin. It's not Pasha that's talking about after Nasuin. And she says, I trust my husband. He's not going to keep it, the field for himself. He'll buy me a nice field. So basically you have a father. In his dying words, he gave over money to a third party. He said, I want you to do me a favor. Buy a field for my daughter for her dowry. And then she, does, she gets married. And she says, what are you buying me a field? Give the money to my husband. He'll take care of it. The shlish should ignore her. Who cares what she says? He should do what he was entrusted to do. Divi Rameer. This is the opinion of Rameer. Rameer's shita is always mitzvah l'kayim divri hames. Okay? So Rameer always says, listen to the, the deceased. Don't listen to the desires of the girl. Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yossi says, well, wait a second. What if there, there was a field that the father decided that he was going to designate to his daughter for a dowry. And he gave it to a shlish. So you know what she would be able to do? Right now she could sell it. Let's say it would be an actual field. It wouldn't be money. It would be a field. She wanted to sell it. So it's... So isn't it like it's already sold? Meaning... Why would you buy the field, right? You have money. And Rameer says, well, uh, listen to the father. The father wants the shlish to buy the field. But if it was a field, she could sell it right now. So let her nip the whole process in the bud and say, don't buy the field, give me the money. Or give it to my husband. Because if it was already a field, she could have sold it. So now what? You're going to ignore her? And you're going to say, well, the father said you have to buy a field. But if the field was here already, she could sell it. So certainly she should be able to say, look, I want, um, I'm going to do what I want. Give it to the husband. And now the Mishnah ends off, and the Gemara is going to discuss 
you know, what exactly this is uh, going on. What is this speaking about? But by a katana, the acts of a katana are nothing. So who's talking here? Rav Meir says that you never listen to her. Rav Yossi says you do. Who's saying the words Okay, so let's see. One who gave to a third party money for his son-in-law to buy a field for his daughter. So what exactly does it mean that he put it away for his son-in-law? It means he wants his son-in-law to benefit from it. Either so it's really for his daughter, but it's uh, it's to buy a field for the daughter that the son-in-law could also uh, benefit from. Okay. It's the same case as the Mishnah, just differently worded. Right, and the, but the correct, but the different wording indicates a different kavana. In the Mishnah, it's talking about let's say buying the field. Um, Rashi says, let's say, either for his daughter or uh, or for a dowry. This is, let's say, that for for the son-in-law also to benefit from. She would own it, and it would be for him to benefit from. Okay, so uh, there's an emphasis on that the son-in-law should be able to get some use out of it. Even though the dowry also is something that it makes her desirable, but it's not necessarily for his benefit. He, she's just desirable because she's coming in with assets, but not lavdavka for him to benefit from. So here the, the wording indicates that he would get some kind of payroys from it or maybe even get it if the marriage would terminate. Okay, so... Turn She says... Yinasnu Labali, give it to my husband. Ah. Min Hanesuin. If they had Nesuin Harshus Biyada, she has a Rishus to do so. Min Ha'erosin, Yasa Hashlish, Masha Hushus Biyadai, Divira Meir. But from Erosin, the Shlish should do what he's entrusted to do. So it's very interesting because in the Mishnah, Rameir says the Shlish should do what he's entrusted to do. And Rashi is saying it's going on after Nesuin, which is not consistent with what the Gemara says. Because the Gemara is saying that after Nesuin, um, she's allowed to. She's. Harishus Biyada. Only Mina Erisin, we say Yasash, Tismashahushus Biyadai. Ah, that's Toysus. Toysus, the third Toysus, Hamashus Mois Lebitoi. Toysus quotes Rashi that she says, um, that the husband is believed after Nesuin. I mean, meaning she says, I trust my husband. It's talking about after Nesuin. So Toysus says that Rashi was not a medactic in the Gemara. The Gemara says that. After Nesuin, uh, after Nesuin, she's believed, right? The, the, the Gemara says that um, 
after Nisuin, she's believed, right? So, fine. So, again, the Shita Rameir in the Gemara is if the girl says, I trust my husband. After Nisuin, she has Rishus to do so. After Erisin, the Shlish should just do what the father entrusted him to do. Rav Yoisi Aymer, Rav Yoisi says, Hagedoyla, so Rameir is mechalik between Erisin and Nesuin. Erisin, she is not Naman, she doesn't have Kayach. Nesuin, she has Kayach. Rabbi Yossi Oymer, Hagedoyla, if she's an adult, then we believe her, we follow her. Ketana, minor, So basically, Rav Meir is mechalik between Erisin and Nesuin, and Rav Yossi is mechalik between Gedoyla and Ketana. Which means, a Gedoyla who had Nesuin, everyone agrees she's believed. A Ketana mina Erisin, everyone agrees the Shlish should do what he was appointed to do. What would the Nafkamina be between Rav Meir and Rav Yossi? There are two possible cases. Either they could be arguing about... Erisin as a Gedoyla, or Nesuin as a Katana. Says Gemara, my Benayu. Um, what's the difference between them? Ilema Katana min Erisin Ika Benayu. If you're going to say they argue about a Katana from Nesuin, that Rameir holds, well, if she has Nesuin, then we will follow her, Harishas Biyada, because it's all dependent on Nesuin. And Rabbi Yossi says, no. Even min Nesuin. I feel nami only gedola not a katana. So maybe Reb Meir, who who follows strictly Nesuin, would say we believe we follow her directive, and Reb Yossi would say no. The barometer is gedola or katana. We would not follow her directive. So then, how would you read the seifa? Doesn't the seifa say? The seifa, the acts of a katana is nothing. Haman katanila, who's saying that? That would have to be consistent with Rabbi Yossi. Elaine Rabbi Yossi, if you're going to say it's Rabbi Yossi, who says the act of a katana is nothing, even minanasuin. But we already know, he already said that. Hamereisha shamitla. We know that from the reisha that ain masa katana klum. Dam Rabbi Yossi v'chi eina el Let's say, what's Rabbi Yossi's argument? It's a field. If she wanted to sell it, it would be sold. So that's an argument that only applies to a Gedoyla, not to a Ketana. Gedoyla de Basvini in, Ketana de Basvini hi loy. Rabbi Yossi's argument of why we listen to the woman is because she's capable of selling it. But a Ketana is not capable of selling it. So Rabbi Yossi already expressed his opinion that we would not follow the Ketana. So who is saying at the end of the Mishnah that Ein Masa Ketana Klum? It must be the end of the Mishnah's Rameir. And that means Rameir must be saying that not only is an Arusa Gedoyla not believed, But even in a sua katana is not believed. Chesur mechsra v'hachi katani. Yasa hashlish ma'ashol shas b'yaday. Rameir says 
we follow the shlish. We follow that's only from Erison. And that means the mayor must be agreeing with Reb Yoisi that the act of a katana is nothing, even Menhanasuin. Reb Yoisi already said it in terms of expressing his opinion with the Svara that it should not be any different than if the field was here. And since she could sell it, so even if it's not bought yet, she should be able to say, I trust my husband. Meaning, everyone agrees that there's no nafkamina by Nesua Ketana. We're not going to accept what she says, because she's a Ketana. Meaning, the, the machlikas between Rameh and Rabbi Yossi cannot be by a Ketana. By a Ketana, everyone has to agree. Ein masa Ketana Klum. Rabbi Yossi already said it earlier in the Mishnah, by expressing that the Svara is that we believe her because she's able to, we follow her because she's able to sell it. But a katana she's not able to sell. So the end of the Mishnah, the Emasa Ketana Klum has to be Rameir. That means everybody agrees that a katana's actions are nothing. So they, the Nafkamina can't be by Nesua Ketana, because everyone agrees Masa Ketana is nothing. So the Nafkamina has to be by an Arusa Gedoyla, where Rameir would be saying, well look, it's all dependent on Rameir would be saying everything is dependent on Nisuin, so she's in Arusa. We don't follow her. We don't follow her. We go, we follow the Shlish. And Rabbi Yossi would be saying, no, it all depends on the Gadlos. She's a Gadal, she's a Gadayla, so we will listen to her. Says the Gemara, Ela Gadayla mena Erosi the nafkamina between Rameh and, Re- and Rabbi Yossi would have to be a gedolim and an erison, where Rameh would be saying that the shlish should do what he was appointed to do because it's dependent on the suin, and Rabbi Yossi would be saying it's dependent on gadlos. Gedolim in ketanaloi. So who do we paskin like? It my Rabbi Yehuda Mershmal Halach Rabbi Yosi. Halach is like Rabbi Yosi that a gedolim in her erison, we would follow her directive. Rav Am Rav Nachan Halach Rameir that mitzvah lekayim devri hamis. Okay, now meet a very interesting personality in Shas. This personality we've met before, a long time ago. We met him in Masechta Tainus and Daf Chafalaf. Reuven Margolius, in the Hakdama to the, his classic Sefer, Margolius, Hay- Hash, Margolius Hayam, a Masechta Sanhedrin, has a exposition on this story of Ilfan Rabbi Yochanan. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, it's very amazing because it's sort of an autobiographical explanation. The story goes like this. It's a story of Masechta Tainus, where Ilfa and Rabbi Yochanan, they both were poor, they both left the yeshiva, they both had to make a living. And um, basically, they, a heavenly voice was heard that 
one of them would be the king, meaning become Rosh Shiva. Rabbi Yochanan heard it, Ilfa didn't hear it. Rabbi Yochanan went back to the Shiva, he became a Rosh Shiva. They would tell Ilfa, if you would have gone back, you would have been the Rosh Shiva, because you are greater than Rabbi Yochanan. And Ilfa always tried to prove that he didn't lose a beat, even though he, had a, he went out to work. He would go up to the top of a mast of a ship, and he said, if anyone could stump me, I'll jump off, and I'll kill myself. Because he was confident no one would stump him. And Rav uh, Margolius has a whole exposition that Ilfa was, was, didn't want the responsibility of being a Rosh Hashiva. He was happy helping his wife in the house. Uh, I've seen that this was sort of a personal account of Rav uh, Margolius about himself, who never took any official position. He was a librarian in the Rambam Library, and he was a very interesting personality, one of the greatest Bikiyim in you know the last era of Jewish history, and the, had the world's largest collection of Gedolim pictures. But he was Mamisha uh, all-time great guy, and he wrote many, many unbelievable svarim. Margolis Hayam, Hamikra v'Hamasayra, footnotes on Charles Tshuvas Min Hashamayim. Um, if I'm not mistaken, footnotes on the Sefer Chasidim. He wrote, put together Nitzutse Zayhar. Many, many svarim that I have from him. Little blue Mosadarav Cook svarim. Anyway, here, here it goes. Ilfa talanavshi b'iskariya dimachusa. Ilfa suspended himself on the mast of a ship. What's dimachusa? Sail, Rashi says. Viloin. Amar, he said, Akati da'asi, Amar, he said, Ika da'asi da'amar li milsa. If anybody could come and tell me something, the Bey Rabbi of Rabbi from the Academy of Rabbi and I can't find the source in the in a Brisa. Um, I'll throw myself off the sail, the Tavana, and I'll drown myself. Rashi says what he meant to say is, even though I went to work, I didn't forget my learning at all. I could correct all the brayshos that Rav Chaim arranged, and find the source. Meaning, Chazal say, um, in general, any brayshos that was not learned by Rav Chaim don't bring into the base matter. So, Ilfa was saying anybody who could tell me something Rav Bar Oishia said. And I can and I won't substantiate it from a Tanaitic source. I'll, if you could stump me on that, I will jump off the mast. I would jump off the sail. Also, Husab, an old man came to him. Tanole, he said, A father in his dying words said, Give a shekel to my son for Shabbos. A shekel is chatzisela. And really, based on economics, they should be given a sela, like double that. So we give the kids a sela. We say, the father would have wanted the kids to have what they needed. He said that amount because, you know, the economics uh, a few weeks earlier were different, but he wants the kids to have what they need, so we give the kids more. But what if he said, Al tinulam ela shekel? 
Don't give them only a shekel. So he's being very explicit. We just give them a shekel. And if he says, If they die, I want other people to inherit them, and it shouldn't stay in the family. So that means, he obviously wants there to be Yerusha left over. Then, whether he said, just give them a shekel, or whether he said, only give them just a shekel and nothing more, Irrespective of how he said it, we only give them a shekel. Because he clearly wants there to be left over. So this was the teaching of... This is a, uh, a teaching, apparently, of Rabbi and Rabbi Ishiya. And the old man's telling him, No, find me a source for this. Samarle, he said, nah, nice try. Hamani, who is this? Rameir, he. It's Rameir, the Amar Mitzvah Lekayim Devei Hamis. It's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of a uh, someone who's dying, and that's why we try to fulfill his words at all cost. Okay, Rabbi Say, that's what we have tonight. Daf Samach Tesem So next week, we have Zchus to finish Metziah Seisha. And begin one of the most lamdasha prakim, b'chol ha hamader. It's mamish gishmak. A good chunk of Shev Shmaitza is written on Perak Hamader. Good? Okay. Thank you, everyone. Shkayach. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Recording stopped. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.